new feature that combines the control of shooting in RAW with the power of our computational photography. And that's Apple Pro RAW. And to talk just all about it, I've got Austin Mann on the line, who's taken just a few minutes off from what I can only imagine must be filming Yo-Yo Ma performing a pop-up concert for elephants in Gautang, or writing up the next definitive iPhone camera review to chat with us all about it. And we're doing it right now. Sponsored by CuriosityStream. So if people aren't familiar with RAW, what would be a good way to sort of give them the gist? Well, so... Raw format, uh, as, a, as a professional photographer, in the way that we've traditionally known it, is uh, uh, basically a format that allows the, the creative professional, the artist, to, to make as many decisions as possible about the image. It kind of strips away a lot of those decisions that are made uh, by the camera manufacturer and says, uh, you know, if I shoot with my, let's say, a mirrorless camera, I, I might shoot a picture that's a JPEG, and it might be a little bit more saturated and maybe the highlights have, um, are kind of pulled down for me. And it's just kind of like perfect out of camera picture as a JPEG. But as a raw, it comes out, contrast is flat. The color is a little bit more desaturated. And so with a raw file, I'm able to make all those decisions myself later instead of um, having those decisions kind of baked into my JPEG file. And so uh, what it really means is... Uh, I, I now now that we have Pro Raw on the iPhone, it means I get to kind of uh, make a lot of these decisions later, and I think that's uh, that's an exciting thing I've uh, begun to play with, and I'm I'm super pumped about what it means for the creative community working with iPhone. So for I love that the difference here because when you look at Raw, which is basically like just the data coming off the sensor, you look at it as creative and artistic potential, so that you're not bound by like what Google or Apple or Canon or Sony thinks the image should look like for a mainstream consumer, you can make it look like what your artistic vision. I look at it as, oh my God, I might get the white balance wrong, the exposure wrong. I might have the color cast wrong. I might have all these problems in the glass that because it's raw, it has just so much more ability for me to fix it later in post. Well, yeah. And that, that's a huge, that's a huge one that I, I missed. I mean, I think it's, I think it's both, right? Like it, at the end of the day, it means a lot more control in post and that could be to fix kind of uh, a problem that you, you know, um, that, that you didn't, you should have fixed in camera, like white balance yeah. or whatever. But a lot of times it's also, yeah, creative potential. It's, it's, um, it's the chance to express yourself as an artist um, in ways, in, especially in like complex lighting situations and things like that. And it's interesting because we're fully in the age of computational photography now on phones where Apple's doing things like multiple exposure stacking and different length of time uh, bracketing just to try to get more out of the image, like give us a detail in the shadows, but not blow out the highlights. But the result is we get these computational images at the end that are better than we could take with any single shot, but don't let us manipulate them as much later. And ProRAW, it feels to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, it feels to me like they're trying to give us some of the advantages of RAW but with that, almost like that computational pipeline that we can walk through and tweak and edit and play around with. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's so interesting about ProRAW. And that's, uh, you know, in my mind, uh, because I've understood how, how important the computational side of uh, the of photography with an iPhone is, I kind of wondered, I kind of never really thought RAW would actually come 
to the iPhone because I knew, you know, what makes the iPhone really powerful as a camera is all these computations and all these decisions that are made in the software to, to you know, noise reduction and color blending and tonal mapping and all these things. And those are all things that they talk about in, um, in their events and that they show off. And so it's like, well, you know, they're probably not going to do do raw because then that would put it all on me and that would like suck out yeah. the computational side of things and so my little brain though never really connected the dots that hey maybe maybe we could do both of those things maybe we could um still you know kind of strip a lot of the decisions that happen in the image processing and kind of give as much control as we can maybe not maybe not absolutely everything but a lot more control uh, for for me to be able to adjust an image later, fix something, or, or change the way something looks. Yeah, for me, I think like the iPhone has always been fantastic at there is a moment in time that is fleeting, and I just need to be able to capture it before it's gone. It's like a memory. It's something my child or my pet or my loved one did or the beautiful sight, like just something that I want to capture as fast and as, as possible without any problems, any overhead. Take it out of my pocket, snap that thing, and I know I have it. But then that other side, when you want to be deliberate and intentional and you don't want to capture a memory, but you want to create art. And this looks like a way to almost get the best of both worlds. Like, I know you're making a little bit of compromises on both ends, but to give you the tools to get closer to that other end. Yeah, and I think, yeah, exactly. And I think what's interesting about it is um, it kind of bridges the gap. You know, sometimes if I'm going to go out and shoot um, as a, as a creative professional and I, you know, I'm, I'm looking to express myself as an artist, I have to look at my different gear and kind of decide, you know, which camera am I going to take today? And what's interesting now about having Pro Raw is I think I'll reach for it a little bit more often, uh, knowing that I can, uh, I have that control later and there's a lot more. I don't just express myself in the, the process of shooting the image, but now I also really can in the process of editing the image. And uh, that's that's been uh, really cool. And, and some of the things that I've, I've been, some of the, the pictures I've been able to take and just noticing things like uh, the noise reduction and a few other, like when I really push the, uh, the raw files to the max, um, you know, I start editing them. You know, a lot of times if we try to push a JPEG or a HEIC file, we, we start seeing um, uh, some of the kind of traces of some of the computational side of the photography, and maybe there's maybe it's a little bit softer than we wanted because noise reduction was uh, applied and those types of things. But pushing that raw file, I get to decide how much noise uh, um, gets uh, noise reduction gets applied, and I get to decide uh, a lot more of the different parameters. And uh, that's been that's been cool to see. I think it was smart to keep it at DNG, like a recognizable standard format Absolutely. and not make it like an APR proprietary fancy yeah, format. I'm super pleased about that. It's not some yeah new proprietary thing. It's uh, integrated with, um, you know, an existing industry standard. And, uh, and uh, so that, that's going to be, I think, make, make it a lot easier for third parties to be able to um, uh, be compatible with the files and, and different things like that. So the early integration with Adobe has been a nice one. And then um, Raw Power is another app that's more targeted at professionals um, for processing raw files. It gives you a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of control over that file. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I remember we talked after HDR1 came out on the iPhone XS series and you were like, you know, I wanted to get those rocks 
blacked out. You know, I wanted the silhouette and it was just exposing everything. And, you know, and HDR2 fixed that to some extent. HDR3, I think, is really a big leap forward in, in their stacking technology. But now you can choose. Once you're shooting in ProRAW, you can, you can choose if you want that as a silhouette or you want it exposed. It just, I think it gives you much more space to, to achieve your vision yeah. without having to make those, those like, uh, without having it set for you. Yeah, and I, I, I have to imagine that that has a huge kind of driver in bringing out ProRAW uh, at all is the, the kind of relentless commitment to helping artists and individuals, creative professionals, better express their vision and their kind of uh, ultimate um, expression as an artist. It's interesting because last year, Apple started using the name Pro for the iPhone. And some people were like, yeah, but what's really Pro about it? And then this year, especially with the Pro Max, you know, now they have six gigabytes of, of memory in there, but they also have this new camera system on there that can that can pick up much, especially in low light, just much less noise. And they're giving us the option for like uh, 10-bit HDR, uh, Dolby Vision at 4K 60, and you add Pro Raw, like Apple Pro Raw on top of that. And it starts to become like a pro camera system. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, it's one one little thing at a at a time. And and all of a sudden you're uh, saying, yeah, this is this is pro. This is like pro. And I think in my mind, pro is uh, appropriate when uh, I think control is a really key factor in what is pro and what is not. And the more pro that your gear uh, goes in, in almost any field the more control you get. Do you have any pro tips that you would share with pros who are, or even just anyone, casual users who are thinking about getting into Apple Pro Raw or trying it out for the first time? Um, just experiment. And that's that's such a key part of the process. So that would be my first and uh, my number one thing is just play with it, figure out what it's uh, what the new capabilities are. And for me, like shooting like night mode, raw photos, I've seen like really huge shifts uh, and um, and uh, just dramatic a dramatic difference in my ability to edit the file and, and kind of maintain clarity in the file and things like that, uh, but also how I process it, how I share it, all those things. And so um, that would be one tip. And then uh, yeah, I think you know I would I would try it in different lighting environments. Um, I've seen like I said low light night mode stuff. It's been really fun to play with, and that's really where I always I tend to like. Uh, you know, experiment and by put it pushing, pushing cameras to pushing everything yes. to the extreme. Like, can this thing? Where's where's the limit? You know, and uh, and so it's like absolute darkness, thirty seconds max exposure on a tripod in raw, and then it's like pulling this lighter all the way this way and all the way yes. back that way afterward to Don't be uh, see where <laughs> what yeah what can I do? You know. And with that 15 stops, 14 or 15 stops of dynamic range, you know, there's there's a lot of data in that file. It's, and uh, and that's what makes it fun to like pull that slider and be like, whoa, yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. I also like that, like super high contrast where there's a lot of really dark areas, really bright areas, things that would just be like they could they could do it like a traditional camera maybe would have hard a hard time with it. Uh, an iPhone would usually do it, but it would make its own choices. And I like to just experiment and see what other choices look like, because maybe 
there's something that doesn't look like the way I remember it, but there's a mood I want to create about it. Or there's a sort of an attitude or feeling like whether it's to cool it down or warm it up or, or just like lose some things, bring some things back. It lets you almost create like a virtual, a virtual memory, which is super interesting. Yeah. So that's what's really interesting about Pro Raw. So uh, Pro Raw is basically um, keeping some of the, the computational power of what makes the iPhone great and giving us more control. And so, you know, you know, when you think about a smartphone, you have such a small sensor, you have small lenses with smaller apertures, you have these kind of these real physical uh, challenges and the, that the laws of physics dictate, you know, what can this hardware actually do? And the software is what bridges the gap and gives us a beautiful image. And so uh, on top of that, though, with the computational photography, we have some more um, other decisions that are made, like how smooth is the noise going to be on this particular, uh, you know, part of the image and what are the highlights going to look like? And maybe maybe some, some more decisions that are made uh, by the de default iPhone that uh, aren't about the laws of physics about bridging the gap between this really limited hardware, but more about like, what do people want images to look like? And what ProRAW is, is, okay, hey, let's, let's really focus on, uh, on, key, on putting a file out that isn't maybe 100% raw, because we still need to make some decisions around how we kind of, uh, you know, kind of adapt for having limited hardware, but all the, the opinion-related decisions we're going to give those to the artists. We're going to let them make those decisions. And so that's what a pro raw file is, at least as I understand it. And um, that's a, that's a really cool place to be, you know, to know that um, uh, some, I, I'm not giving up on the computational side yeah. of the imaging altogether, knowing that that's one of its strengths. Um, but I'm also getting that power that I, that I really want. As always, you can find the full extended version of this video up on Nebula. That's the streaming video platform I'm building along with my education-y creator friends like Alex, the low-spec gamer, Jordan Harrod, Tech Alter, Epos Vox, Real Engineering, Real Science, and so many more. And you can find full-length versions of my chats with Jonathan Morris and iJustine, Walt Mossberg, and more. Also, all of my videos completely ad-free, including Apple Talk, my new Psychology of Technology podcast with Georgia Dow which has bonus topics only available on Nebula. So what does any of this have to do with CuriosityStream? Well, as the go-to source for the best documentaries on the internet, they just love educational content and thoughtful creators. And so we worked out this deal where if you sign up for CuriosityStream with the link in the description, not only will you get CuriosityStream, but you'll also get a Nebula subscription for free. And for a limited time, CuriosityStream is offering 26% off. And 26% is, by contract, the best deal you'll find anywhere. So click on the link in the description and get the absolute best deal on CuriosityStream and also Nebula for free. Or you can go to curiositystream.com slash Richie. It's a great way to support this channel and educational content directly. Just click on the link in the description or go to curiositystream.com slash Richie. And clicking on that link really helps out the channel. For a ton more on the iPhone 12 Pro and Pro Max, just click on the playlist above. I've got in-depth reviews, comparisons, just everything. So click on that link and I'll see you next video.